Ciao. You're listening to Ed Up Insights, where you'll get my take on higher education. I'm Bill Pepicello, former president of University of Phoenix and higher ed vagabond. So let's get started. Okay, podcasties, here we go again. It's time to separate the wheat from the chaff and the promises from reality. So we must be going to talk about student loan relief. You know, President Joe Biden remains determined to provide debt forgiveness to federal student loan borrowers, despite more than a year of having his plans uh, challenged and shot down in courts. And the administration's most recent attempt, which was unveiled recently, uh, involves using the 1964 Higher Education Act to cancel debt for groups of borrowers who fall into various categories. And we'll get to that. But before we go too far down that rabbit hole, let's clarify what we're talking about when people talk about debt relief, loan forgiveness, and such. There are three basic categories that need to be considered. But the bottom line is there's no blanket forgiveness. And yeah, you heard that right. The rhetoric of the last presidential campaign, Supreme Court decisions, and recent administration press releases notwithstanding, students should not be expecting to have all of their loans discharged anytime soon. So what are the basic categories uh, in play? First, there's the borrower defense category, which encompasses all of the lawsuits claiming that students were defrauded by institutions using deceptive recruiting tactics. This category has been in the news for many years. It includes lots of ongoing lawsuits and countersuits, and I'll come back to that one since it's not new, but that's one category. A second category is every one that the Biden administration promised relief to in the 2020 election campaign. It was an ambitious plan, actually it was a goal, not a plan, that would have provided up to $20,000 in loan forgiveness per borrower. And that plan, which was unveiled in August of 2022, was killed in June of 2023, sending lots of these borrowers back to the end of the line as far as getting any restitution. And since then, the Biden administration has worked on a series of alternative forgiveness plans to ease the debt, uh, the debt burden of millions of students. So this brings us to the third and most recent category that was announced in a, a September press release where the U.S. Department of Education cited a debt relief issue paper laying out an initial set of policy considerations that are designed to create uh, a path to debt relief uh, for student loan borrowers in need. And the issue paper is going to be discussed uh, at some October meetings that maybe probably already will have taken place by the time you hear this. Um, and that will kick off uh, the discussions. Now, this latest loan forgiveness attempt, this is the third category, focuses on negotiated rulemaking, which is a topic for another uh, podcast under the Higher Education Act of 1964, and it could prevent, uh, potentially provide uh, debt forgiveness to several groups, according to US News and World Report. Those groups would include borrowers for ba whose balances are greater than what they originally borrowed, borrowers whose loans first entered repayment decades ago, borrowers who attended education programs that didn't provide sufficient financial value, whatever that will uh, eventually be determined to mean, borrowers who are eligible for relief under programs such as income-driven repayment but have not applied, 
and borrowers who have experienced financial hardship and need support, but for whom the current student loan system does not adequately address their needs. Again, whatever that will eventually mean. Now, the, the issue paper, which is on the Education Department uh, website, by the way, also addresses federal regulations that might allow an agency to compromise a debt. And what does that mean, compromise? Well, basically means would buy it down. And the reasons for that might include that the debtor is unable to pay the full amount in a reasonable time based on their finances. The government is unable to collect the debt uh, in full within a reasonable time by enforced collection proceedings. And the cost of collection debt doesn't justify enforced collection of the full amount. Uh, also, uh, a cause here would be if there's a significant doubt concerning the government's ability to prove its case in court. Sounds a lot like the activity of uh, basic collection agencies in that case. So these latter two categories then, along with their minor subcategories, were used to leverage ballot box activity. And, uh, you know, these categories remain where they, uh, where they were in that last election, namely nowhere. There's still lots to be clarified, defined, and negotiated here. So don't expect any quick decisions. Okay, so what's the larger context for all this? In other words, what's up with debt in America? Well, a recent TransUnion study uh, notes that there are uh, about 27 million consumers with federal student loan debt totaling well over a trillion dollars. And they're now faced with the resumption of payments uh, on that debt for the first time since the beginning of pandemic-related payment moratorium, or for the first time ever if they were not in repayment prior to the moratorium. But the larger context, according to TransUnion, is that the average consumer with a student loan already carries $35,000 in debt. Now, making the issue even more burdensome for these borrower, borrowers is that many of them accumulated additional debt during the payment pause uh, simply because they had more money. New debt added since the payment pause, TransUnion tells us, includes uh, credit card debt, auto loans, um, retail card debt, um, mortgages, and some un unsecured personal loans. So having to make these additional payments and having interest beginning to accrue again will require the consumers are going to have to allocate uh, funds and reallocate funds to begin making all these payments. And this fact is already being decried, uh, especially as interest rates and consumer costs remain high. And in turn, you know, the TransUnion says consumers can expect to experience payment shocks as some 50% of them are expected to have a payment of more than $200 a month and many as high as $500 a month. So, you know, a recalibration of allocation, how's that? A recalibration of allocation is definitely in order here and uh, sooner than later, I would think. Now, all of this is different from borrower defense, which was the first category that I talked about. And I'll come back to that now, because it's worth a few words. Borrower defense was created in 1994, but only became familiar to a large number of people in around 2015, 
with the news of the closing of the for-profit institution Corinthian Colleges that forced hundreds of thousands of students to rethink their academic futures. And uh, students at Corinthian College campuses were eligible for this borrower defense relief that I sort of uh, defined earlier. So basically, students who think they've been defrauded by a college, a university, a career school, can check with the Department of Ed to see if they have a claim. Now, this, this category, however, is limited to specific situations, so some due diligence is necessary before anyone files a claim. First, you have to bear in mind that only federal direct loans are eligible for forgiveness under borrower defense. And <clears throat> complainants must have taken these loans in order to pay school. Uh, that is the, the source of their claim. And so it's, it's the debt for one school. Second, in order for the claim to be successful, the school in question must have violated a certain law or certain federal standards. Claims that don't relate to a loan or educational services aren't eligible. Third, uh, these claims take time to resolve, often years and years. And if unsuccessful, and if the complainants don't keep making student loan payments while they're appealing, um, they may owe more after the, uh, the decision is made about their loan than they did before. And lastly, it's important to know that the Biden administration reworked the borrower defense to repayment rule in late 2021, and it became official in July of 2023. Um, but of course, that is now in legal limbo, as I'll come back to in a moment, because shortly after its effective date, the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals granted a motion to block enforcement of the rule indefinitely. Career Colleges and Schools of Texas, a trade organization that represents 70 for-profit institutions in Texas, filed a lawsuit in this past February to stop the rule from going uh, into effect in the first place. So Biden's new borrower defense rule essentially widened the scope of claims that might qualify for loan forgiveness. But a bunch of institutions, primarily for-profit colleges and universities, took umbrage with the new rule, and there were uh, other uh, not-for-profits also. So it's been, it's been cited that uh, the new rule is unduly vague and would be hard to enforce anyway. Well, the court's injunction uh, pending uh, appeal will stop the Department of Education from being able to enforce the new borrower defense rule. And the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals will hear the case uh, in November of 2023 and will then make a permanent decision, ha, sure they will, regarding the legality of the borrower defense rule. Wow. So in other words, it's in legal limbo. So what does all this mean? Well, you know what? Depends on who you ask. The administration claims to have forgiven $127 billion to public servants, income-driven repayment borrowers, and those who have been repaying loans for 20 years, or those with disabilities. On the other hand, my inclination would be to ask all of the various categories and subcategories the, that the administration claims to have bur uh, burdened, or unburdened rather, what do they have to say? I haven't done that, of course, but I dare anyone to try it. 
the smoke and mirrors here is that the administration continues to act like saying that they've done something makes it so, even in the face of a reality that contradicts that. We've already seen that this is not how it works. Actual dollars distributed, that is real money distributed, remains to be seen. And not only uh, how much, but more importantly, when. Borrowers hoping for quick debt relief from any of these categories I have been discussing should be prepared to be disappointed. As US News and others have reported, everything I've been discussing uh, will likely involve lengthy processes that will involve panels of negotiation, uh, negotiations that will involve people from many sectors meeting over several months or more to try to reach consensus. The bottom line is that negotiations on all of these various categories will be revisited probably in late 2023, but there's no timeline for resolution of the issues, if indeed there ever is resolution. In the, mind, in the meantime, People who voted in the last presidential election based on a promise of debt relief need to look at their situation today before they pull the lever in 2024. It's just saying, folks. And with that, I'll invite you to listen to the next exciting episode. Ciao.